you hear me? Oh, very nice. Excellent. You know, uh, the last few weeks we've been doing a series on that song we just sang. And uh, if you remember correctly, Brian Craig did one on Do You See What I See? And uh, last week, Mark did a fantastic job, Do You Hear What I Hear? And so tonight we're going to talk about Do You Know What I Know? Amen? And so we're going to have a great time looking into God's Word, really talking and really looking from the perspective of God in the sense of, do we understand what God knows about our lives and how much He really loves us and how much He cares for us? And so I wanted to uh, go ahead and pray, and then we're going to get right into it. Amen? Father, I want to thank you, God, just for time to pray to you. God, we know that you have so many things you want to reveal to us, so many things you want us to know. And so I pray, God, as we look into your word today, God, that you would open up our eyes, that you'd open up our minds, you'd open up our hearts, that we could truly see wonderful things in your word. God, we love you. We thank you for a chance to serve you. Thank you for an opportunity for bringing us here today. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Christmas is a time when you know a lot of secrets, right? You know what's in that gift box. You know what's under the, what's under the tree. And there's a part of you, and if you're like me, you're terrible at keeping surprises. And so you kind of say, do you know what I know? You don't know what I know. I know what's in that box. I know what's wrapped up in there. And you can go, you know, if you're like me, you don't, you're not very good at keeping secrets. And most of the gifts that people in my family get, they know before Christmas, what they're going to get. Because I can't keep it in. I'm terrible at that. You know, another thing that was uh, very exciting last night along this topic is um, Chris and Dana and Hector and Yasmin went to Disneyland. And uh, you go, what's so great about that? Well, for those of us who knew in advance what was going to be happening at Disneyland, knowing what we knew... It was one of those things I didn't want to talk to because I was afraid that I might give away the news that they were going to get engaged last night. Amen? Where are you guys at? Where are you guys at? Go ahead and stand on up. Where are you at? Come on, stand up. All right. Chris is about to graduate with his engineering degree, so he's ready. Amen? And uh, it's very, very exciting that uh, he wanted me to read the scripture to you out of 1 Corinthians. Basically, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5, the gist of it is that love never fails. And uh, since he was 10 years old in the preteen ministry, he's been keeping his eye on Dana. And he's been watching her close, and any brother who tried to come near from age 10, he'd be like, hey... Get to step in. Don't even get close. And, and so it's really exciting that after 12 years, almost as long as we read about in the Bible, 12 years he finally won her over. Amen? And uh, by the way, she said yes. So that's a good thing. Amen? So that was one of those do you know what I know situations. I was like, I don't want to talk to her. I don't want to take, take a chance of blowing that. You know, uh, when you think about this concept, do you know what I know? You know, when the angels began to spread the news of Jesus' birth, and they were going around and they were, talk, they were telling the shepherds and they were telling the wise men, they were telling the people, you've you got to know they had that attitude of, do you know what I know? And they were excited. They could not wait to tell the message. They wanted everyone to know what they knew. They wanted everyone to know that, that the prophesied Messiah was going to be coming very soon and that they could follow a star and that they could get a chance to see him. And this was great news considering the prophecy of hundreds and hundreds of years earlier that there would be a Messiah that would be born. And you can imagine after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years you've been hearing the stories, you've been listening to the, to the stories over the campfire about this Messiah that was going to be a warrior-like king and he was going to come and he was going to release uh, people from, from all the oppression uh, of, their, of the people who were keeping them in captive. And, and they were just kind of like, when is this going to happen? And so when the angels came and said, he's coming, 
They were like, yeah, this is great news. This is great news. And so the angels couldn't wait to say, hey, do you know what I know? I want you to know what's going on. You know, uh, if you fast forward time 62 years, at this time, Jesus has been born. Jesus has lived with his family. He's become a carpenter, and at the age of 30, he begins his ministry. And if you turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, Jesus has raised up his leaders. He's trained his 12. He's had his 72 sent out. He's begun to make an amazing impact. The first century church has begun. Of course, before that, Jesus was crucified and resurrected. And we read in Colossians, just a few years before this, that the gospel had been preached literally to every person that was known to man. The gospel had gotten out because they had this great message and they said, do you know what I know? I want you to know this message. And everybody got a chance to know this message. But at this point in Peter, great challenges had seized the church. And as these little Christs, as they became known, otherwise known today as Christians, as they were being persecuted because they would not bow before Caesar under the leadership of Nero, they were facing incredible difficulties. And they were driven out of Jerusalem and they were scattered all over Asia Minor and the Mediterranean. And it was just a very difficult time for them amongst God's people. You know, they would complain and say, man, why are we without a great temple? We look at the Jews, and the Jews, they have a great temple. And you can look, and you can see this amazing temple, and you can see literally tons and tons of priests, all these different priests there serving at the temple. And the Christians, they were scattered all the different areas, and they're like, where's our building? Sometimes you think that, right? Where's our building? Why do we have to rent a building, right? They were like, where is our Where's our temple? Where, is, where are all of our priests? And so they're feeling all these things. And they're wondering, God, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to teach me? What do you want me to understand? And the questions began to fill their minds. And they began to question their value in God's eyes. Because they've been facing rejection by men. Many had died and the persecution was heavy. And God had to remind them what he knew about them. Amen? Do you know what I know? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, we pick it up. And we get a chance to see what exactly was going on. And it says in verse 4, it says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become a capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. You know, as you look at this passage and you think about, do you know what I know? One thing that they didn't understand is they looked at the Jewish temple. One thing they didn't understand is they looked at all the different priests serving the temple. What they didn't understand is that God had a bigger plan, a better plan for them. Not a physical building but a spiritual being with inside of them, of course, ultimately being Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And he says in verse 4, he says, yes, you've been rejected by men, but you've been chosen by God. Yeah, you've been rejected, you've been persecuted, you've faced majorly difficult times in your faith. You've been rejected by men, but you've been chosen by me, and you're precious to me. And I want you to know, I really want you to know I chose you, and you're precious, every single one of you. And I see you going through the difficult times, and I see you going through the challenging times, but I want you to understand how much I believe in you, 
and how much I think you're precious to me. In verse 5, and then he goes and he says, he says, look, you guys, you're living stones. You are living stones. And you're like, well, that doesn't, was that a good thing? You know, is that a good thing to be a living stone? Well, it is if, if your whole life you've looked at this temple and you know that stone after stone after stone is what has built this temple. And he says, look, we're not talking about a physical temple. He says, you are a temple. You're a living stone. And each one of you is one of those stones. And each one of you rise together to build a holy temple in which God lives by His Spirit. And he says, look, each one of you, you are a temple. Not a physical temple, but a spiritual temple. And, and when you think about that, isn't that pretty amazing? Like, that fires me up. He says, you are being built into a spiritual house in which God lives by His Spirit. Then in verse 5, he says, you are a holy priesthood. He says, yeah, you can look at all those priests. Yeah, you can look at them. He goes, but, but you also, you're a holy priesthood. And what is a priest? It's a bridge builder between man and God. He says, you're a priest. Every one of you. If you're a disciple, if you've been born again, if you've made a decision to make Jesus Lord of your life, you are a priest. He says, you don't have to compare yourself to the Jewish temple. You don't have to compare yourself to that. You need to know that I've chosen you. I've chosen you. You're precious and you're holy in my sight. And you are my new priest. You are my church. You are my family. And you are everything I really dreamed about when I thought about what will it take when a person becomes a Christian, when they get baptized, what will it take to keep them faithful? It's going to take every single person as one stone rising together to become a holy temple. And really helping each other get to heaven. Amen? Point number one. Do you know what I know? If you want to know what God knows, then you need to realize you've been chosen to know God's message and His Word. Amen? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6-8, through 8, it says, For in Scripture... It says, see, we always want to look in Scripture, right? We always want to look in the Bible. If you've been chosen to know God's message, then you've got to be in the Scriptures. You've got to be in the Bible. He says, for in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. He's saying, guys, look, these people that are persecuting you, they're stumbling. They're stumbling over the cornerstone. They're stumbling over Jesus, because their perception of Jesus is not my perception of Jesus. Because their view of Jesus is not what I want them to to see as G- I don't want them to, to look at him the way they do because they're threatened by him because he's a revolutionary, because he's literally changing the world. He goes, but you, you're a part of Jesus. And just as Jesus is the chief cornerstone, and when you lay the foundation, of course, the foundation is, is the apostles and the prophets, God's word, amen? And, and we know that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He is the very, very most important stone that everything else kind of builds off of. And a cornerstone stays inseparably with the building, and it supports and it unites. Isn't that what Jesus is? As the chief cornerstone of the church, he unites and he supports us, and he keeps us all together. Amen? That is our focus. That's where we look to. When we go, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. My life's all falling apart. Hey, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus and understand you've been chosen to know God's message. You've been chosen to know God's word. You know, we've been uh, studying the Bible with a guy named Emmanuel this week. And Emmanuel has been studying the Bible and he's been passionate about knowing God. And he's been saying, man, I want to get baptized. I want to become a disciple. I want to, I want to become a Christian. And so he's been, he's been fighting and arguing. And No, he hasn't been doing that. But he's really wanted to get baptized. Okay, he's really been hungry to get baptized. 
And, uh, and so it's really exciting today that, you know, he's beginning to understand that he's been chosen to know God's message. He's been chosen to know God's word. And so today what we're going to do is Emmanuel's going to get baptized. Amen? Red? Good now? Hello? Hello, hello? Hello? All right, this is good. Is this good? All right. Uh, Emmanuel's going to get baptized today, but we wanted to give... Um, we're going to first of all give one brother a chance to share about Emmanuel and all the different changes that he's made as he's began to search and uh, find Jesus. And then we're going to give Emmanuel a chance to share. And uh, so, guys, I wanted to just uh, really encourage you at this time. This is great news. We're really excited. Um, and I want to go ahead and give you a chance to share, bro. If you can go ahead and share first. Awesome. Uh, Emmanuel, I just wanted to share this scripture with you real quick. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Because we continually remember you before God and Father, before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by the hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. I just like, honestly, um, there was a, a while where I wasn't literally in your studies, but just to hear, you know, these guys just keep on telling me like, hey, you know, Emmanuel did this and that, you know, this study went perfect, the, the, everything was on point. Just to hear, um, you know, the sisters in your in one of your classes just talk about like, yeah, Emmanuel's really been changing because he's he's an actor. Emmanuel's an actor. He's in an improv class, and you know, like I actually went to that class in the first week of school, and I was like, oh, like there's a lot of ungodliness in this class. But just to see them, you know, but you know, it's it's okay, it's okay. But just to see Eman, you know, the sisters talk about, yeah, you know, Eman, you know, every time there's a, there's a scene that's like about to get really ungodly, Eman will kind of improv it up and make it to something else, and Eman, you know, is is. You know, just doing all these things in the class, and I'm like, dang, so even outside of our sight, he's still living his life for God, and that's how it's supposed to be, and just really encouraged, and just to see, like, throughout the whole studying process, you didn't take our word for it, you know, it was just constantly, what does the Bible say? I don't care about you guys, what does the Bible say, you know? And it was um, it was just yeah. so, so encouraging, and um, it's really awesome, so I'm really proud of you. I know you're going to make a great disciple. You've, you've already made a lot of changes in your life, and um, congratulations, bro. Amen. So first of all, uh, I'm super excited. I've been waiting for this moment forever. And um, I just want to thank the brothers here um, for being every step of the way here and make me realize um, through the words of God that that I didn't know, have no idea what was going on. Um, uh, two of the sisters invited me to come just for service. Uh, oh, you go to churches all the time. Why don't you try our church? I was like, okay, but I know a lot. And um, <laughs> ended up not knowing anything, knowing there's this thing called the Bible, and uh, which is my connection to God. And now I'm so excited to do his work that he died for me, and I'm ready to be a disciple. I'm about to drown in here, so let's go. Amen. Good. Thank you. All right, Emmanuel. Well, um, a couple of the brothers have a, have a couple of questions to ask you, so. Emmanuel, do you believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God? He walked on this earth, lived a perfect life, died and resurrected on the, resurrected on the third day for you? Yes, I do. What is your good confession? Jesus is Lord! Amen. Amen. Well, Emmanuel, because of your good confession, the brothers and I can now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All your sins will be forgiven. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Your name will be added to the book of life, and you'll be added to God's church. It's good. Amen. Amen, buddy. Thank you, good job, man. Come on. Amen. That's exciting, huh? You know, do you know what I know? You know, he said he knows a lot, right? 
But point number two is, do you know that you've been chosen to be known, to be and to know God's people? You know, uh, in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You know, as you, uh, as you look at this slide, as they're going toward the light, right? Now, isn't it true? Did you ever wonder when you were young, man, I wish I could be like a wise man. I wish I could have been with them. I wish I could have been one of the shepherds. Really going to the light. But you know what? As disciples, we are going to the light. Amen? And if you have made a decision to become a Christian or get baptized, you've been called out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen? And so you can be excited that you've been chosen to know, to be, and to know God's people. You know, what an honor it is to be chosen of one of God's people. You know, 22 years ago as a college student at the University of Minnesota, you know, being invited to study the Bible, living a completely sinful, ungodly lifestyle, you know, I felt really honored that God chose me. But you know what? I still feel honored that God chose me. A few days ago, you know, I was at my home and I was starting to feel like, Steve, you got a lot of weaknesses, you got a lot of things in your life that you got to really grow in, things that you got to mature in. And you've got to stop getting angry with your kids. And you've got to stop, you know, being insensitive to your wife. And you've got to stop, you know, just being lazy sometimes spiritually. And, and, and you've got to be a man of God. You've got to get the courage and the conviction to stand up. And, you know, and, and I'm sitting there, I'm going, oh. And I was like, you know, I just need to go pray. You ever get in that position where you're like, oh, well, it's me. I'm a sinful man. And you go, I have so many weaknesses. And, as I, and I went out to the park, and I just, right out in the middle of the day, I started just praying. And I went up to, went up to the, the baseball field, and I went up in the, in the bleachers, and I went up and hid at the top of the bleachers where nobody could see me. And I just cried. And I was like, God, you've got to help me in these areas. You've got to help me, God. I, I need to become stronger. And, and, and as, I'm, as I'm praying, I'm going, okay, you know, when you're weak, you're strong. God's power is made perfect in weakness. And I go, you know what? God is just trying to show me his power in a different way. He's saying, look, you've got to see your weaknesses before you can experience my power. You know, you've got to boast in your weaknesses and stop trying to hide and be something that you're not. You've got to ask for help. And you know, that's what I love about being chosen by God to be one of God's people. Is that God is there. He's there helping me when I'm in difficult times. When I'm feeling anxious and I feel like I don't know what to do, I feel like I can go to God and give me a peace that passes all understanding that will guard my heart and mind. That isn't just for when you get baptized. That's for tomorrow. That's for the next day. Amen? And we can feel confident. We can feel secure about that. You know, if you're here today and you've been chosen to really know God's people, again, what an honor to know God's people. You know, when you think about your life, and you think about the kind of friends you had before you were a Christian. I can tell you my friends were all about partying. They were all about just, you know, just going out and, and having a good time and creating all these sinful memories. And it was ungodly. But you know what? Being in God's church, I got great friends. You know, I got great friends. I, I, got, I got just amazing people in my life that helped me. You know, as we did the Essential Eight series... It was so encouraging just hanging out with all these married couples and, and Brian and Karen were leading the class and it was amazing. And, you know, you get to some of the different classes and you're like, oh, this one's, this one's a little intense, you know? And you've got to get open. You've got to get honest about this. And, and then, you know, we all like that, that one class. Amen? But uh, we won't talk about that because all the, the singles and, and college students. But, but, you know, it was just a great class and it was great to be able to take that class with your friends. And to be able to be real and to be able to be honest and to get the help that you need. Amen? You know, I think about our dads and lads retreat up at Big Bear. I mean, we're up, we're hanging out with the boys. we got Nerf Wars. We're shooting guns. It's crazy. It's straight pandemonium. You just got to be careful. As a dad, you got to be watching out all the time. You don't know if you're going to get shot or what's going to happen. But it was so much fun. And then as the kids were falling asleep, the men, had, we were up till 3.30 in the morning playing hearts. And by the way, I shot the moon at the end and I won. Amen? So that's, that's good. That was good. I was very happy about that. At 3.30 in the morning, I had to take... Uh, sorry, Edmund, you were winning the whole time, man. 
But, uh, you know. You know, the father-daughter ball, it was so great taking our daughters to the father-daughter ball. And, uh, you know, Dick and, and I took our daughters out together, and, and we went to this great Italian restaurant, and it was so amazing. And then we went to the play afterwards, and it was just so awesome. I go, man, where else would I have done these things if it wasn't for God's church? You know, I love the disciples, just the hearts of, you know what, I want to go anywhere. I want to do anything. I want to advance God's kingdom. You know, I love the concept. You know what? I'll go to South Bay. I want to get trained. I want to get trained. Because one day he's going back to the Middle East and he's going to preach the word. And he's going to be an evangelist in the Middle East. I know it. Because he's one of God's people. He's willing to go anywhere and do anything. Amen? It's awesome to know him. You know, I love seeing you guys' sacrifice and partnering as we, as we work together for the Mexico, Central America, and the Middle East churches to support the 37 churches in Mexico and Central America and to support the, uh, the 12 or 14 churches, excuse me, in the Middle East, and we sent them $500,000. I go, who else would I have done that with before I was a Christian, you know? You guys rallied together. I go, man, this is God's church. These are God's people. This is what God's people can do. It fires me up. I love going on the college retreats with the campus students. You know, those, you might as well just cancel sleep because it's going to be crazy the whole time. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's been so exciting. You know, I love it when my wife has people over at her house for hospitality. She has the disciples over, and we just sit there, and we do your high-low. What's the high of your day? What's the low of your day? And everyone just sits around, and all these people come over, especially those who are visiting, and they go, did you guys do this for us? We're like, no, we do this every day in our home. We sit down. We have dinner together. We share our high. We share our low of the day. We weren't putting on a show just for you. And they're like, wow, this is really cool. I never experienced this in my family growing up. And I go, only in God's church, only with the training of God's people would I learn to do these types of things because God has surrounded me by great people. You know, another thing that's really encouraging is, you know, we've been working with the VA, helping them. And of course, we served them on Thanksgiving, and it was an incredible time. And, and God has given us a lot of great opportunities to serve the community. But on Tuesday, the VA called Rick and asked for some help for a couple who had been homeless for three months. They had been placed in an apartment but had no furniture. Within 24 hours, through the, the church website, disciples helped to furnish their entire apartment in less than 24 hours. You guys did that, amen? That's awesome. Yesterday, 15 of you showed up at the VA to disperse the gifts we collected for the children of veterans at the hospital. We wrapped and gave over 400 toys to deserved families to help give them a Christmas they probably would not otherwise have had. Why did that happen? Because of God's family. Amen? Because of God's church. And you guys can feel excited. And you can feel, you know, excited that God's chosen you to be a part of such a great family. Amen? And then finally, do you know what else I know? Number three, you were chosen to know God, to know and receive God's mercy. In 1 Peter 2, verse 10. In 1 Peter 2, verse 10, it says, Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You know, you think about your sin and all the things you were involved in before. And God's given us mercy, amen? He has given us mercy. He's given us an opportunity to experience something that Many, many people longed to be a part of. And if you look in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, you'll get a chance to see this from the Scriptures. 1 Peter 1, verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come, so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know, I love that passage. I love that passage because it really helps you to see that 
Our faith is going to be tested. We're going to go through challenging times. But it's going to test, is your faith genuine? And does it result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed? In verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls, what we just saw. Amen? Amen. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, they searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When you spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who preached the gospel to you, by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. Do you realize what God has given you? He's given you a message. He's given you a life. He's given you the truth. He's given you Jesus Christ. And the angels longed to look into this. I just want to know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? They're like Marvin Gaye. They just want to know what's going on, right? And, and, and so they, they were excited. And, and the thing is, is we got to know that because of Jesus, we get a chance to have a new birth. There in verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Guys, you've been chosen to receive mercy. Every single one of us who've made a decision to become a disciple, you've been chosen to receive mercy. Every one of you is visiting for the first time or the second time or the third time. God is saying, look, I'm putting you around the right people. I'm putting you in the right place. I've chosen you to receive mercy. Please respond to my son Jesus. Please remember that this is the time of the year when we celebrate Jesus. And we remember that we've been chosen to receive his mercy. Let's pray as we take communion together. Father, I want to thank you, God, that you have allowed us to receive mercy. God, we know that in of our own strength, God, we are far too weak to really ever get close to you. But because of your willingness to send your son, because you chose us, God, because you believe in us, because you wanted to display your mercy, because you wanted to show us how valuable we are, you gave us a chance to be close to you. And Father, I'm so thankful for this time to be able to remember you as we take communion, to remember how your body was broken, how you physically went through so much suffering, through the flogging, through the beatings, God so that I wouldn't have to, God, or at least so that I'd be willing to if it ever came up again, God. Father, I thank you that you were willing to shed your blood. And God, help us to be willing, if we ever need to, God, to be willing to shed our blood. And as we uh, do this time, as we remember this time, God, God, help us to do this in remembrance of you, remembering the mercy that you showed to us. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
of brings this part of our service to a conclusion. We've got something very special coming up. It's Christmas time, amen? And the, the kids are going to be presenting Christmas for us. Uh, I have a quick announcement, and then we're just going to take a, a quick five-minute break to go get the kids uh, checked out at Kingdom Kids. The announcement that I have is this. Uh, again, working with the VA, out front you see a black box on that table out, right outside the door. That box is for you to take those old cell phones that have been collecting dust in your house for years. You might even have an old brick you can drop in there. And we'll take those phones and we're going to convert them into instruments and equipment for a rock therapy program with the Veterans Administration. I saw this in action yesterday. These guys are amazing, and it's really helped people with traumatic brain injuries and and all kinds of different uh, situations. So let's go ahead and stand and break. And by the way, immediately check out your kids means right now.
go on there. It's like a gift registry where you can give a gift to a veteran. Uh, on the session. Did you meet my uh, buddy yet? I have not. Remember when I did that at the, for that uh, Elvis night? That, that we did that '60s night, and I got that pelt. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. I got that picture of Donna with the little Carnby Row hat sitting there, stroking my chest. It says right there we're starting in 21, 19, 18 seconds. Okay, folks, let's pull it back in. Okay, let's head back to our seats. This is like hurting. I know, right? You're, you're in here. One verse of O Come All Ye Faithful. One verse O Come All Ye Faithful. Merry Christmas. Verse one of O Come All Ye Faithful. Maybe more. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Second verse. Sing, choirs of angels, sing in exultation. Sing, all ye citizens of heaven above. Glory to God all. Glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Yea, Lord, we greet thee. Born this happy morning. Jesus, to Thee be all glory give. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. Oh, come, let us adore Thee. Oh, come, let us adore Thee. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. Please be seated.
Well, good evening. It's great to have you all here. What a beautiful evening it is in the greater Long Beach area. We're going to need some power on this one. And as you're seeing, we got some young ones kind of wandering in here. So we've got a great show in store for you tonight. Are you all excited? You know what? I really love this time of year because we get to talk about something that's so beautiful, Jesus when he was a baby. I just love that. I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm a mom. Now you're a parent, so you're probably feeling it a little bit too. But this evening is going to be really, really awesome because each one of our kids and each one of our ministries is going to display a little bit of talent and love and a little bit of the Christmas spirit that represents Jesus and just the reason that we celebrate this holiday season. Yeah, it's going to fill your hearts with joy and laughter. I know you're going to have opportunities to, I know we're going to have a lot of laughter. We're going to have our, ah, oh, moments and uh, some tears probably by some of the parents. Don't feel, feel you don't have to hold back. So we just want to say that there's no cameras and no picture takings inside of the kids. But no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know how you go to a concert, you spend all that money, you can't like wait to possibly get a picture of somebody, in there, and then they're checking your purses for uh, cameras. Yeah. They're like, ah, and you're a Christian. You're trying to like, oh, do I like sneak it in or yeah. do I, you know? Yeah, we didn't have the metal detectors <laughs> at the door. We let you bring them on in. Yeah. Amen. Capture those moments. So. Uh, why don't we introduce our first act so we can get it going? Absolutely. So our first act, and hopefully you all have your green program, and our first act is our third and fourth grade class. Anybody here have any third or fourth graders? Well, here they come for What Child Is This? And we'll let them take it away. the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. Genesis 1, 1 31. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthem sweet, while shepherds watch our keeping. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew, verse 1, 22 to 23. 